0: and the presence of the shepherd. These lessons will come from Psalm 23. It's a very familiar passage to you. Uh, I guess it's probably one of the most uh, familiar passages that there is, uh, I guess, to a lot of people. It's a lot of times it's read at funeral services and things, but a lot of people uh, know this passage, but a lot of people really don't understand what it means. Um uh, they, they know what it says, but to fully understand it is actually a total uh, different thing. So Psalms 23 um, will be the center of this four-part series. And again, in the presence of the shepherd. So I want to show through this study that the blessings that are found in the presence of the true shepherd... There are great blessings when we find ourselves close to and following the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. The writer in this particular passage, David, is a writer who gives us great insight. And he gives us great insight on how he lives before God. And as we know, and while David is not perfect, you and I can learn a tremendous amount of things from David, from his life and from his mistakes from his attitude of his life and that attitude before in his life before God and who he had as a guide in his life. You and I can learn again a tremendous amount of lessons. Tonight I want us to, again to look at what The shepherd does for his sheep. I think this study will help us to draw closer to our Lord. I think it will help us to be able to look at things a little differently, maybe, in our lives. And maybe even answer the question Am I following the true shepherd? Or am I following something else? Or someone else. Or maybe things that the world provides. Tonight we'll be looking at verse 1 and verse 4. And the first part that we're going to look at in verse 1 there is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't know about you, but when I was little and I would hear that, I was, I was like, I, well, I don't want a shepherd. I don't have any sheep. I can remember thinking that. One with the ignorance or the one without understanding might say, well, I, uh, I don't want a shepherd. Well, that's not what it's saying, is it? Jehovah as David's shepherd. We can see a reference to this in the book of John in chapter 10. In verses 14 through 16, Jehovah as David's shepherd. And in John 10, in verses 14 through 16, the Bible reads and tells us this. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And this is our Lord speaking here. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, but them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. A lot of people take that passage and misunderstand it as to know that there's many beliefs and faiths, but that not be that's not the case. The Lord Jehovah was David's confidence. He was his hope. And he was his sustainer. Now you think about those three words. Jehovah, the Lord, was David's confidence. When we speak about confidence, we speak about the thought of how well we... uh, our our feeling toward maybe doing something, if we have the ability, are we confident that we can do this? Well, through all of our lives, at some point or another, we've had probably confidence in things maybe we shouldn't have. But Jehovah God was David's confidence Tonight, we can ask you the question, what is your confidence in tonight? Is your confidence in things of the world? Is your confidence in some man or some preacher or some elder or some whatever the case may be? uh, What is your confidence in tonight? What gives you the thought of knowing I can do whatever I'm faced with tonight? A lot of us early in the morning will put our confidence in a cup of coffee, won't we? I drink coffee every morning. I drank coffee this afternoon. I I left here today and went and ate and went and uh, held a funeral and didn't get home from that funeral until going on 5 o'clock, left 5.20, coming this way. But I did have time to put a little confidence in some coffee to get me through. You see, that's how we look at that. What are we putting our confidence in? What are we trusting, if you will, to get us through? As David said here, Jehovah and the Lord was his confidence. He was his hope. He was his sustainer. He, 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 He sustained him and kept him going. He refers to God as a shepherd here because he knew what the work of a shepherd involved, didn't he? He had firsthand experience in that. When it's implied in a spiritual sense, we can see how the Lord is our shepherd. Now you think about what shepherds do. Shepherds led the sheep to green grass and clean waters. The Lord leads us faithfully to safety and, and meets all of our spiritual needs. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, our children's class had to look up that verse tonight. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. When we put our confidence and our hope and and what sustains us in God and in Christ, everything else will fall into place. Shepherds led the sheep to safety and security at night. The Lord leads us to safety through through His words and through the word of God. And it keeps us safe from spiritual harm. So, so what is spiritual harm? Things that come to us spiritually that can take away our faith. In Proverbs chapter 3, In verses 21 through 26, the Bible says this to us. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down and thou shalt not be afraid, yea, thou shalt not lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be, what? Thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Our Lord leads us, as this passage tells us tonight, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He leads us through His Word to keep us safe from spiritual harm. Not only would shepherds do those things, but they would protect the sheep from robbers and and beasts of prey. The Lord protects us from spiritual robbers who might lead us astray and from beasts of prey that attempt to devour our faith and confidence we have in Him. In the book of Colossians in chapter 2, Verse 18, the very first part of that. Let no man beguile or rob you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not. Let no man rob you. Let no one take your faith. I preach a sermon sometimes. Don't let Satan steal your crown. We're all promised a crown of righteousness. And through this passage we see that our God protects us from those who will take and Satan to take our faith away. And as we all know, as a lamb, there's no more, there's no animal as helpless as a sheep or a lamb. So thus it's fitting that the Lord protect his sheep who are subject to to see uh, to, to seen and unseen dangers. You look in the book of Acts in chapter 20 <clears throat> in verse 28. The Bible speaks to this. It says take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers or bishops to feed the church of God which hath purchased, He hath purchased with His own blood. You see, our elders watch over this flock, don't they? They protect us from the seen and the unseen dangers. But some, sometimes folks will have attitudes of well, I don't need any protection. I've got this all on my own. No problem. I'm going to tell you when we start thinking that way, pride goes before what? The fall, doesn't it? Destruction. Haughty spirit. Oh, I don't need that. Many may say. But you know, David had no wants. The latter part of verse 1 in our passage. If the Lord is truly our shepherd, then we will have no lack of any real need. One said, Well, how is that possible? It's because we put our confidence in Him. We put our confidence in our hope, and He sustains us through life in the presence of the shepherd. For us to enjoy those things, we must be in the presence of the shepherd. You see, the Lord will will not withhold the things the righteous need to live. Psalms 84 and verse 11 tells us this. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from them that walk, what? Uprightly. The Lord will not withhold those things that the righteous need. In Matthew 7 and verse 11, Christ said that God gives good things to those who ask Him. We have to Ask. Sometimes we may have to ask over and over and over and over again. But the Lord knows what we need. He's going to give us what we need because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. James 1 and verse 17 reminds us that every Good and perfect gift comes from above. He reminds us of that, doesn't he? I have a total of about 13, 15 kids at school. We started our behavior class, social class, if you will. And every morning at 7:50, somewhere around there, we take a group of children into a gym, and we meet their sensory needs by walking on a treadmill and jumping on a trampoline and riding a bicycle and push and pull and those types of things. And at one point, that group grew to a large number, and I I had to make a decision that we're going to have to graduate. So. But on Fridays, even if you've graduated, you get to come back to the gym and be rewarded. with A little bit of what they, like they, they love to call it free time, free day Friday. Ooh, boy, they love it. 30 minutes. You can get whatever you want to out of the cage. You can ride and bounce and roll a ball and punch a ball. You can do all whatever you want to do. The other day I counted, and there. So those who graduated and those who are actually in the group in the mornings. There's 15 of those kids. I had kids everywhere. But before they do that, we, we go through a ritual. In my little group of babies, they can, they can tell you this. They'll say, I'll say, when you make good choices, and they'll finish it. Good things come. When you make bad choices, I'll say, bad things come. What do we call that? Consequences. They've got it all down to a T. Now, they don't always live it, (laughs) but they can say it. They have to be reminded. But you know, it's just kind of the same thing with us. When we make good choices and the true shepherd is ours... Good things come, but we can say, too, that bad things come sometimes, too. And that's one of the lessons that I have to teach those children as well. As much as they believe that when good choices are made, good things come, bad choices, bad things come, there's still that time that when just sometimes bad things come. And that's the hardest thing for children to understand. And sometimes it's the hardest thing for we adults to understand but when my shepherd leads me. I have the true shepherd. I have all the faith in the world to know that I shall not want in the presence of the shepherd. Verse four of our passage says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That phrase, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the first part of verse 4, is kind of summed up like this. When a person is afraid, they usually don't walk. They might even walk quickly or they may run. You'll notice that David walks not in the valley of death. Notice that. He doesn't walk in the valley of death, but in the valley of the shadow of death. This tells us two things. That he walked, he did not run. Why? Because he wasn't afraid. In the latter part of that verse... The shadow of death tells us that this is a place of fear, but not a place of actual danger. And from this we see that the place where David was uh, was at looked and sounds scary, but would not actually cause any harm to him. And I can say tonight that this is similar to life today. We have found ourselves in places or in times of great fear, but we often do not endure any real harm, but only fear. Proverbs 29 and verse 25 speaks to that same thought. In 29 and verse 25, the Bible says this to us, The fear of man bringeth a snare, But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, what, shall be safe. Proverbs 29 and 25. The latter part of verse 4 says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. David did not fear because God was with him, or we might say he was with God. Much like a frightened child, a child of God is comforted and relieved by the safety of the Lord. We should find comfort and safety in the Lord. Psalm chapter 4 verse 8 I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou Lord only makest me dwell in safety You see it's also important to notice that only those who are with the Lord can find safety Yeah, I think that's a question that we have to ask ourselves tonight. Do the events of life scare you? Are you afraid of this or afraid of that? Because we need to know, are we with the Lord? And if we are, we can find safety. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. If we're in the Lord, we find safety. He is, or we are, in his presence. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, it is with the rod that God protects His sheep just as a shepherd would. He defends them from spiritual harm. The Word of God is also called a sword. And with this sword, we too can defend our spiritual health. The Word of God is a two-edged sword. You see... I think it's pertinent tonight that we ask ourselves, am I in the presence of the shepherd? It's with his staff that that God brings the straying sheep back into the fold. It's with his word. When we fail and we make mistakes and we sin, it's His Word, God's Word, the the power, the conviction that it has to bring us back to to the fold where we need it. But only if we have the receptive heart. But what about fear? What about fear? Do we fear tonight? Do we fear tomorrow if it should come? Oh, there's there's things that most certainly we ought to be aware of and stay away from. We just don't take and throw ourselves out in the middle of a busy street, do we? And say, God, protect me. That's not what we're talking about. But when those times come that we fear that we're down and and we're, we're, we're behind the eight ball, one might say. We need to ask ourselves, are we in the presence of the shepherd, the true shepherd? Are we allowing the word of God to mend our hearts? Are we allowing the ways of God to shape us? to help us be better people. Lastly tonight, who is your shepherd? Is it something of the world? Is it the latest fad? Is it popularity? What is your shepherd? What's guiding you? What's sustaining you? What's giving you hope tonight? For many, it's things of the world. But for many, it's God. Verse 12 and verse 26 says, The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth them. Shepherding attempts from friends and family. Our friends sometimes try to walk us through our life, don't they? Yeah. The influence of your peers. The influence of that boyfriend or that girlfriend, maybe who's not a Christian. They sometimes try to walk us through our life and really take us places that it shouldn't be. But however, their guidance often leads us to more hardship and sinful living. If guidance from others are causing us to be in contrast to the word of God, maybe we should dismiss, I won't say maybe, maybe we should dismiss their attempts of guiding us. But what about true shepherding and guidance? God is the one who can truly shepherd us through those difficult times. He is the true shepherd, the only shepherd. In Psalms 119 in verse 106, or 116 rather, excuse me. Uphold me according unto thy word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. You see, God understands our problems. He understands our pain and our heartaches. But we must understand that God wants to hold us up as we walk through these difficult times in your life, and even in mine. You see, that's true shepherding and guidance. So tonight, we've seen what the shepherd does for his sheep. And you and I have to decide if we are going to allow him to guide you and protect you. It's easy to turn our backs on God. It's easy. But you know, we all need safety and we all need comfort and guidance. And let me suggest to you tonight that there's no better place to find those things than from allowing the Lord to be your shepherd. The true shepherd. David didn't walk through the valley of the shadow or just the shadow of death but the valley of the shadow of death. Because he would fear no evil. Because the Lord was with him. The Lord was holding his hand every step of the way. And he'll hold ours. But we have to be in the Lord to receive those things. Tonight, maybe you're not in the Lord. Maybe you've not been baptized for remission of your sins, and you need to be. We encourage you to do that. Maybe you've sinned, and you've fallen short. You've caused reproach upon the church, and people uh, know that you've sinned, and people have said and done, you've done things that has, has bring shame upon Christ. We encourage you to repent of those things. Let us pray for you and pray with you. So tonight, whatever your need may be, please come, together we stand, and as we sing.